Quack. 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 Twelve and oh. I am your host, Adam Shameo. And I'm Aaron Schroeder. That is right. And this is the Quack 12 podcast, the most official, unofficial Oregon Ducks web, uh, Oregon Ducks sporting podcast on the web foot of sphere. There we go. Maybe. There we go. Um, And Aaron, would you believe I actually saw some freaking duck sports in person? You know what's interesting, Adam? What's that? I saw a photo of duck sports from someone who was in person. Who could that have been? Was it me? It was you. It was me. I thought it so. Wasn't me. <laughs> Same thing. Wasn't me. This is the the rebuttal song. Um, Aaron, my man. It was really fun. Uh, it actually. I mean, we all know spring game is just a glorified practice, but I really saw it in all its glory. You know. Yeah. I mean, I can't wait to dive into it because I've got one thing that just really is going to crack. It's cracking me up already on the inside because you've already shared it with me. Mm -hmm. I love it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. I think I know what you're talking about. I bet you do. (laughs) Aaron, um, well, this is actually part of Duck Day, which I thought was I thought this was a really good marketing thing. All right. This is a good I'll marketing with this duck day. It's not just it's not just the spring game. It's all built around the spring game, really. We all knew that. Right. It was a beautiful day. Absolutely beautiful day in Eugene, Oregon. Can't ask for much more. But we what you got here is you had a bunch of other stuff, including 10 a.m. right off the bat. Oregon relays began at Hayward wow. Field. Legendary wow. Hayward Field. I mean, Legendary. we're talking Home of Prefontaine. Home of the Prefontaine. Home of Bill Bowerman. Bill fucking Bowerman, the creator. Bill Hayward. All of them. All of them. Something I recently learned. (laughs) That's right. And where did you learn it, Aaron? Motherfucking without limits, my dog. That is right. As I'm pretty sure we're going to be renaming it here very soon. Born to Run. Born to Run would probably have been a better name for that movie. Um, and I mean, hey, we might as well plug it since we're already talking about it. That is our Patreon. Now, listeners of this free feed, you probably heard a little bit of us uh, talking about this Patreon over the years. Uh, not only that, but we just dropped a really fun series uh, or episode, a little Patreon taster, if you will, on the free feed uh, from our Quack in Time series in which we go back in time and we report Oregon football live to you from the year it's happening. But uh, we just reviewed Robert Towns' film, Without Limits. I'm sure you all know it. The Prefontaine biopic from the 90s, uh, starring Billy Crudup, Monica Potter. um, uh, 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 What's his name? Donald Sutherland? Dude, the better of the... Well, this is not true. The more handsome of the Sutherlands. Hmm. Okay. Not, the one, Donnie, the handsome one. Donnie, the handsome one. I mean, you got to be handsome if your name's Donnie. Uh, so, yeah, go. We we talked near two hours about that damn movie with the wonderful writer James Voss, uh, James Voss on the Ditch Rich Substack. Really good organ writer. Uh, that's coming out in, well, real soon. You want to check out that Patreon feed because there's some fun stuff on there. We'll be dropping some more previews. And you just want to hit refresh every boom, 15 boom. seconds until it shows up. That's right. To find that, you can go to Quack 12 Podcast. It'll lead you to our Patreon for five measly dollars a month. You can help us out. And not only that, you get a ton of really fun Oregon Ducks content. But Aaron, 
Later in that day, at 11 in the morning, we had Oregon soccer versus Seattle University. I used to live across the street from that college. The Red Hawks. Oh, really? That's their name? The Red Hawks. They are the Red Hawks. Terrible. Yeah, it's not very fun. Nothing like the Ducks. Um, then we had the Autzen Stadium gates opening. We had the spring game. They had a reggae concert at the end. I did not stick around for that. Oh, uh, what? Sorry. I that's know that's the highlight of the whole day or all of a sudden. <laughs> now I'm like, who's the band? You know, there's been days where this has happened on 420. And if only mm. if if all that would have collided, I, I would have absolutely stayed for the reggae concert. After taking a little trip to the parking lot. A little reggae every day is made better. Facts on reggae every day, day. Um, And then we had Oregon softball versus Washington later that day. Unfortunate result, a result that a friend of the show, Gaby Lucas, loved, but um, not me. But we had all that going. Oh, and we had um, Oregon baseball versus Washington State, which also lost. But still, it was it was a good idea. I mean, it was in, in the weather. Oh, my gosh. Like all the people visiting, thinking if they wanted to go to U of O, all the you know recruits that were here for that weekend could not have asked for a better time. It was great. We should really be informing people that on Duck Day, mm-hmm. you come to lose <laughs> here. We beat you mm-hmm. and we won't count any of it. Also, here's one hundred dollar gift voucher to the concession stand. Sure, I would love that. Um, other than that, I'm just going to drop a little bit of duck news since it's been a while since we've done one of these, you know, uh, with the times current episodes. Yeah. Well, uh, I wanted to. Well, we got Kyle Casper. We got the commitment of a wide receiver for next season. I'm stoked about him. We don't talk about Cruz all that much, but there you go. Kyler Casper. That was awesome news. Also, basketball, Oregon men's basketball from Colorado. We got Keyshawn Bartholomew. Uh, pretty stoked about him, actually. Okay. Uh, Dana Altman getting his ducks in a row, as always. Also, Jalen Red, uh, talented wide receiver that we, we all remember plenty of great plays from him. Um I- but we also remember that he was kind of absent for stretches, you know, in key games. Now, this doesn't probably explain all those absences or anything, but probably explains something here. Jalen Red has announced that he actually had a cancerous tumor on his pancreas. Um, it Dear sounds like God. Yeah, I know. He was diagnosed with the cancerous tumor. Uh he, it shocked his family, uh, especially wow. because he's so young, obviously. Uh, he says he wouldn't wish it on anybody. It was the toughest thing I've been through as a dad. This is uh, Jalen. Sorry, Jalen Red's dad said that. Not he says, what? He's already a dad? <laughs> well, some are, honestly. Uh, Jalen Red uh, now says he's feeling good. He's ready to get back into it. Good. He's actually going for the NFL Combine. Like, really? Or no. when? I don't know. That should already happen, but. He's, he's hoping to get in the NFL, which is nice. God almighty, man. Pancreatic cancer is absolutely not a joke. What yeah. a scary situation. Yeah. So uh, power to him. Hope he get, makes it to the NFL. That would be wonderful. Uh, talented dude. I mean, the talent is there. What can I say? Uh, yeah. Let's get into the spring game, man. Because the spring game was pretty freaking fun. 42,000 people, as I said. Do we- I got there. Do What's we that? want to cover who I think probably is the star of the game first, or do you want to hit us with the play-by-play and we'll just 
highlight him as his stardom arises. Well, I'll tell you this. I'm not um, getting too much into play-by-play because, you know, the game doesn't matter. This is the whose line is in any ways of, of games played right. at Austin. Maybe we do it. Who's looking good? Who's not looking good? I think I might know who's not looking good. <laughs> who's your player of the game? You said, I think you. Cameron Lewis. That's you right. Mean Camden Lewis. First of all, get his freaking name right. Back to Cameron in my book. <laughs> missing field goals. He missed two field goals. That's correct. When he starts making them, he'll be Camden again. Until then, <laughs> he's Cameron. Okay. Yeah. Cameron. <laughs> yeah. Wrong foot. Yeah. He missed two. That was unfortunate. And like, you could feel the energy in the crowd. Be like, come on! Like, we, yeah. we're all so familiar with Camden at this point. Yeah. Goddamn! Where the hell's Henry Cattleman? I know he's gone, but like, why did he have to leave? What's that? Cowboy left the team. I I do believe so. In the night. No. Uh. Maybe he's still here. I don't know. No. No. He entered the. Tr- he's out. He's gone. Oh. Where he entered, I'm not quite sure where he landed. Still, but I don't blame him. He's obviously the better kicker, and they weren't putting him on the field. So I would also bail. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he hasn't, as far as I know, oh, looks like he went to Colorado State. I don't know how oh, his season went, but I loved him. We miss you, Henry Cattleman. Not not to talk complete shit for Cameron Lewis. Cameron Lewis has come in the clutch. I mean, he did win us that Washington State game by hitting a bunny. Uh, but still, yeah. I don't know. Okay, I'll call him Camden again. I forgive him. Yeah, whatever. I mean, he missed two. It's a spring game. Who cares? That's right. He missed two against Utah as well. He's now back to Cameron again. You just reconvinced me. <laughs> it's that easy. Well, okay. On the opposite end of Camden Lewis, uh, we love you, buddy. Um, hey. Seven. Sorry, Cameron Lewis. Yeah. Seven McGee. Seven McGee, man, lives up to his truly fantastic name. Uh, I, I mean, it, it just seems like he's really gained his power by wearing that on his chest, you know? Totally. I mean, of course, your name's Seven McGee. Yeah, you got to be wearing that. Uh, and he got it. And the first play of the game was oh. a goddamn 70-yard, not touchdown pass, but pretty damn close to a touchdown pass. He got, like, within, like, five yards, and then two plays later, Boom, seven McGee's in the end zone. All from Bo Nix, transfer quarterback from Auburn. Okay, that's what I was about to ask is who's throwing the shots and how are they looking? I'm assuming there are, it's not Bo Nix playing both sides, correct? It's No, no. It was mainly led by Bo Nix on one side and Ty Thompson on the other side, which is what we all kind of assumed. And then as everyone assumed, that third quarterback was Jay Butterfield. Right. Um, Yes, who still counts as like a, a a sophomore, I guess, or a freshman? Like I don't know. It's How not. does Ty Thompson look? Honestly, my man, Ty Thompson did not come out of this looking great. Uh, he didn't look like disastrously terrible. Sure, whatever. But um, like he did throw a touchdown, but he didn't look sharp. He didn't look exactly what you'd want to see. Uh, he probably, I think a lot of people are saying he probably looked like the third option or tied with the second option. You're telling me Butterfield, who barely got any time, looked better? Butterfield, I don't, I, don't I, I almost don't want to say he looked better per se, Butterfield, because he threw a pick too. I think every quarterback actually threw a pick, is what it felt like. Oh, even I don't remember. If that's true. 
<laughs> it was not great. But um, Thompson just, I don't know. He, he His deep ball wasn't really connecting all that often. And he looked unsure. Uh, wasn't making, especially in the beginning, he missed like a couple easy passes. But that's probably just that's you know, a little bit of nerves. But then again, Bo Nix connected on a, you know, deep throw that gained 70 yards on his first play. But so Bo I think he was around. Yeah, he's been around, but I don't know. Ty Thompson's been here for a year at least. I Doing think what exactly? Yeah, practicing Nothing. with someone else. I will say Bo Nix, it does seem clear. Bo Nix is our number one, especially since he transferred to the program. From having recently in the past worked with our offensive coach. Yes. Right? Yeah, offensive coordinator. So it seems like, seems like he's going to be the candidate. I'd say so. It seems like he's the front runner. Um, and he did it for like, obviously that first drive where he was just racing down the field. He looked amazing. Uh, he finished though, eight of 15, 230 yards, three touchdowns. He also had a real bad like pick behind with like a, I think he threw behind his receiver and it ended up being a, a big old play. Um, I don't know though. I, I, I did like Bo Nix. I think we're going to get like, Basically, the upside of I don't think he's going to be all that different from Anthony Brown, to tell you the truth. I think he's going to be less mobile, a little less mobile, like because he's less of a force running, uh, though he is he does have some speed. But I do think his deep ball, I think, is going to be more, it's just going to be happening more often, is my guess with Kenny Dillingham. Mm -hmm. And also, it seems like there is a little bit more touch on it which is nice. And I'll say this, even Auburn fans were actually sounding off on Twitter and stuff like that and being like, yep, you live and die by Bo Nix. Like he's going to have some good plays and he's going to have some like head scratchers. Interesting. So it actually sounds more like to me a return to the Herberts. Well, I I'll say this. I don't think he's going to be as good as Justin Herbert, but maybe like bad Herbert. Maybe we're getting bad Herbert and Bo Nix. Well, I mean, Herbert, bad Herbert. that you didn't know what was going to happen. And then at the end of the game, you were like, he did great. Or what the hell was he thinking? So it seems like maybe Bo is going to be a bit of that. I feel like, yeah, he's going to be just the bad part of college Herbert, which is maybe oh, good God. enough to. <laughs> That's terrible. That's a terrible quarterback. I'm keeping my <laughs> expectations. High. Well, okay, let me ask you this then. Mm -hmm. What about baby Herbert? Uh, baby Herbert did not. If he did see the field, I don't think he did. What? Certainly didn't make any noise. I think, well, because again, this is freaking a practice. So uh, we're talking about practice. A but lot of players. Tight ending on one side, you would assume Herbert would be on the other side, right? Wait, say that, say that again. Sorry. If Seven McGee is tight end mm -hmm. for yeah. Team A. Seven McGee is not a tight end. He's a wide receiver. He's way oh, too he tight, tight end. end. No way. I think you're probably got tight ends on the mind, if you know what I mean. Oh, Patrick I Herbert is a tight end, yes. Right. Um, but actually, no, uh, our tight ends were mainly in this. I mean, again, we were racing through them. But um, uh, Maliki Matavau, if I'm okay. saying that right, I always got to take a second. I, I'll get it. Don't worry. Don't worry. And I saw a lot of Spencer Webb was out there. And actually, no, Terrence Ferguson played a really big role. He's a sophomore. And I think between Matavau, uh, 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 Matavau, Matavau. God, I never had such a hard time with it. It's early it. in the morning, folks. 
and Terrence Ferguson. Between those two, I think we've got like solid, solid tight ends. And then behind them, I mean, technically, like Cam McCormick and Patrick Herbert, if they ever get 100%, which who knows? Um, I mean, technically, they should be even better. Uh, yeah. Right. So tight ends are looking good. Um, definitely the offense got the crowd going really quick because they started off a lot hotter than they ended. And the defense like came to play as it went on, especially the secondary kind of woke up, which is what you want to see. But overall, uh, really attacking through the air. And that probably is more like, I do think we're going to be throwing a lot because our main weapons are pass catchers Mm -hmm. between the tight ends, but mainly our receiving core which our receiving core looked freaking legit. Like I said, so we had seven McGee who made that amazing touchdown pass. And there was a couple of times where it'd be something like, like, like seven McGee where something would be called back because of a penalty or because of this or that, but like seven McGee would still make the play. Like the dude just looks like he's, he's probably, I mean, he's our most lethal player right now. Uh, and then he had six catches for 115 yards and that touchdown. And, um, but also we had Chase Coda, Chase Coda from Medford, Oregon, just like Bill Bowerman. Well, Bill Bowerman's not from Medford, Oregon, but he lived in Medford, Oregon. I just want to shout out Medford, Oregon. Chase really- Coda, transfer from UCLA, looked really solid. A lot of people saying Jeff Mayo, he's wearing 23. Um, just all over the field. He's going to be a really good attack from the slot. And just just had really good hands, good speed. Just looks like a legit threat. And then we got on top of that Dante Thornton and Troy Frank, uh, Troy Franklin. So I mean, what more do you want, dear lord? These guys were great. Um, specifically, I will say Dante Thornton, 116 yards, three catches. Woo! And uh, as far as running backs were concerned, I mean Noah Whittington, the transfer from Western Kentucky. 11 ca- uh, 11 carries, 84 yards, one touchdown, three catches for 13 yards. I mean, again, the tackling situation is kind of weird in this. Yeah. You know, well, like, it's hard to say. Track yeah. a bit. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that uh, Bo threw 8 of 15. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of like, well, how much of that is like, testing out plays to see what happens and then learning oh okay this is how it busts so now we know how to better play the the, the system or something yeah well i i think yeah, it's I definitely that i think it's definitely that they're trying things out but also like you could even see like because they're like don't touch the quarterback <laughs> right and so there were times where it's like eh, there would pro that heat would be a little hotter on him if the dude could actually get him. And there were times where it kind of seemed like, and eh, the ref probably should have blown his whistle as if he got sacked, but they also want to test, you know, like they don't, they want to give a show and they also like want to give some practice for the receivers for the deep ball. So sometimes right. they were letting some of those balls go. So I don't know. I mean, it's hard to take anything from this. That's the thing about a spring right, game. Right, right, right. It's just but, funny games. Yeah. It's just funny it's games. It should be until someone gets hurt. That's truly what spring game is. <laughs> Noah Whittington. Um, yeah, so the Western Kentucky transfer, he did pretty well. It was good to see him. He's a little like little quicker, a little smaller running back, a little smaller than our Sean Dollars. Sean Dollars, I think, is I think he's gonna be 
RB number one, but they'll they'll probably be a good rotation. Who really knows? New OC. Um, yeah, Chase Cota was also someone people were very excited about. As far as the defense were concerned, I'll tell you this: DJ Johnson. You know DJ Johnson flipping from offense to defense, dude. Doing like, everything like a quarter. He can do heads or tails. Well, now he's just doing tails. If tails is defense, he's just on that line or just off of that line. Maybe I should say really back in the QB. He's that's going to be his job now. It really seems like pass rushing. Boom, boom, boom. So he's in Kayvon's spot. Um, I mean, you could basically say that. Who knows if you know Kayvon's quote unquote spot? Like that's going to be a little bit different, but essentially, it, it basically, yeah, it seems like he will be that person attacking off the edge. Yeah, he's bringing okay. that pressure. Bringing that yeah, no, I, I'm stoked. I mean, he's got he got seven tackles, four sacks, five tackles for a loss. Maybe he would have had more. Maybe he would have had less if it was real. Um, yeah, I just like to see DJ Johnson doing that. Also, like as our secondary, that's going to be really crucial. Locking down some good starters for that. Triquez Bridges did a really good job. Um, kind of you know, making a case for himself. He played cornerback in 2021, but he'll probably be playing a little more safety in this or whatever. I mean, all these things sometimes kind of blend, but it, it seems like he's going to be a safety. Um, I mean, he lost. So we lost Ron McKinley. We lost DJ James. We lost Mikhail Wright. So that's why we're in such a bad spot. Um, Twyquist Bridges lost. No, no, I'll tell you this. Uh, he's the one who actually got that pass. So Ty Thompson threw behind his man. Uh, which was Spencer Webb, right. Bridges, grabs that, yanks it out, returns it for a touchdown, wow. actually tied the game. Um, so, the, I mean, that was probably the play of the game for the defense. And then uh, Jaleel Florence, actually, a uh, young man, you know, a uh, freshman that we'll be looking on immediately. He's, I mean, he's an early enrollee even, so really young, but we're going to be cor- calling his name for cornerback. Um, I think he's going to get a lot of playing time real quick. He intercepted pass to Isaiah Crocker from Jay Butterfield, and he was beat <laughs> by that uh, on a, tu- a touchdown pass to Dante Thornton, but still, you got to give it to him. Dante Thornton is a real good receiver, too. So, um, Also, Jackson LaDuke, got a shout-out to him. He's been injured so much in the past, but in this, he showed up. Six tackles, one-and-a-half sacks. Wow. I mean, I don't know. These stats are meaningless, but at the same time, like, you saw the athleticism. You saw who was able to go out there and play. That's all we're really looking for. Right. I feel like that is, that's really what you're learning in a spring game. The most valuable thing you're learning is just like, well, I saw that guy play in the spring game, so I know he's at least not that injured. <laughs> right. That's what it comes down to. And he's also maybe going to be starting. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe. I mean, you you can't even, it's hard to say that even. Like, we do got a QB competition, and I almost, it would almost be a good sign for Ty Thompson to win it, or Jay Butterfield, whatever, because that means, like, they're at least better than Bo Nix, because Bo Nix is going to be, like, you got that product, I think. Like, you got what we're going to get out of Bo Nix. Like, he's been around the block. Then, then again, I mean, he's played against SEC defenses, the best defenses in college football, best teams. Yeah, so, it, yeah. Well, it's interesting, right? Because I would assume he's used to the playbook that is getting introduced 
Not what? well. We don't even know what that playbook is, really. So it's hard to say. But I'll tell you this: right. and we don't know. Like Kenny Dillingham worked with him, but he wasn't the like end all be all. He didn't have as much say as he does in this offense in that oh, offense. Oh. And so we're not quite sure what he's going to do, but I do feel confident in saying it seems like it seems very clear with the time that hopefully this offensive line, this veteran offensive line will be given him and the receiving threats that we have, that we will be airing it out a little bit more. Certainly not airing it out like we did this spring game against Georgia, but I think it's clear like that's our strength. Uh, and I think we're going to be heading that way. I, who knows, though? Uh, I'm excited to see what they do with Seven McGee. I can tell you that. Yeah, that is intrig- That is an intriguing piece of the puzzle. Because mm-hmm. it didn't That's- seem like he was all that important to the team last year. But again, we weren't really a passing team, per se. Yeah, we weren't. Yeah. Um, like Seven McGee wouldn't come in, would, you know, a lot of times he would... Yeah, he would make a really like uh, a good running play or something like that. Like, uh, you know, he would do something in the flat or uh, or a little play action thing. And then like for one, two plays, then he'd be out. Let me hit you with this question. What's that? And again, I know we can't really settle in on definites with this. Mm -hmm. But from what you watched, does it appear to you that we're going to be a score quick with the offense hold strong with the defense or grind them down slow with the offense and kill the clock. Like, are we going to be a fast game or are we going to be a slow game team? I'll tell you this. It's tough because a lot, like you just hear the same words being said every time when a new coaching staff comes in. Right. Right. Like the defensive dudes, the defensive coordinator or defensive minded coach are always going to end up being saying like, we weren't tough. We're going to get tough. Or like, we were right. tough. Yeah, we were pretty tough. But now we're going to get tougher. And right. they're always going to be like, we're going to attack the QB this way. Like, they, they just kind of say the same stuff. Uh, same with, uh, you know, offensive people. Like, they, they're just kind of reacting to what the last coach did that either got him fired or that wasn't as good. And they'll, you know, they'll be like, we want to play fast or they'll be like, we want to like keep the ball if their problem was like just too many turnovers or something like that. Right. So I'll say this much, these, this team and all the interviews and stuff, Dillingham uh, and Lanning have been kind of saying as far as offense is concerned, they do want to play with speed. They do want to attack like, uh, you know, they do want to play with uh, a lot of plays seemingly and getting the ball into their playmakers' hands is such generic coach speech. But, I mean, this is what they're going for. Right. And it seems like the defense, my guess would be, is that they wouldn't – we don't want a bend-don't-break. We want to get off the field as quick as possible. Right. Like every single defense out there. But it seems like – I don't know. I have no idea what we're going to be doing on defense. Well, you saw it. Did it look like they were going after plays that were – built around fast and getting scores quickly and then getting the defense on and off the field mm-hmm. or we'll see this so much that it was very vague about what kind of play style we were to expect. Uh, I mean, they're, they're keeping it pretty vanilla and, and I'll say this uh, like last season, Tim DeRuiter, you know, like we had that, all that discussion of like, 
is this just coach speech? How much he's saying, no, we want to create turnovers, even though turnovers is something that's, you know, really random. A lot of people are like, you can't like, sometimes they just happen when you're playing really good football. You can't be like going, uh, looking to create them all the time. And that's what you're hanging your hat on. Cause it is kind of a element of randomness to it. Totally. But Tim DeRuiter is always saying, and, and some, some could say the stats prove this is that he can create it. He can force it. And sometimes it looked good uh, last season, not so much. But um, Tosh Lupoy, our new DC, Dan Lanning said in a quote, and again, take this with a big old grain of salt, is that he said he's never worked with someone with a defensive coordinator that's been or or you know uh, so adamant with creating turnovers. So that's the, I think that it would be the idea. We're scoring quick, we're forcing turnovers so we can score quick again. And hey, sounds good to me, especially with yeah, Seven McGee. You know, I do enjoy a defense who's more, and I'm sure Hithliday will roll his eyes at this statement, but a defense that is more uh, involved with trying to strip the ball than make a tackle. Because I love watching that ball get punched out. Well, that's because you're a Legion of Boom fan. That's back right. in the day. Literally why I like it. <laughs> there you go. Well, I'll tell you something else you'll like. I hope you'll like, if you like me. Aaron, they were, you know, around halftime. They're running around throwing T-shirts. And your boy caught one. No way. Your boy caught one. That's right. Well, I'm... Fuck, I gotta be real in case someone actually saw me there. So I was sitting by myself, basically. Of course. I I do. Mm-hmm. I had a whole like stand next to my uh, to myself. Basically, they threw it to me. Couldn't have been a more perfect throw. It was right to me, right to my hands. Hit both my hands and uh, did not catch it. Beautiful. So I had to like walk one feet over to the ground to, to walk a shame to pick it up, bro. Yeah, Bounce off the chest, as they say. Some real 2017 Oregon Ducks re- uh, receiving core move there. Uh-huh. Just like, boop. So where is this T-shirt? Why are you not wearing it? I'm not wearing it because it's dirty because I already wore it. This would have been a perfect time to wear it, wouldn't it? Dang. Yeah. It was just, uh, it's basically the new Duck kind of like, you know, profile uh, image, like that new logo we have, basically. Oh, yeah. And it's white. It's on a black shirt. And there you go. And I was very happy to wear it. Hell yeah. A little tight, but not too bad. You know, not you, know. Enough. you can you can probably drop a pound or two to get in there, squeeze into it. Sure. Thank you for that. Uh, I've been crushing concessions. <laughs> Redding. <laughs> been crushing concessions, uh, uh, you know, so that's not helping. And then uh, I'll tell the other thing that I really like, you know, I gave I gave two cans of food to get in because that was the price. It was like you can get in Beautiful. for free technically. Or you could donate some food cans. I even made sure, because this is my fear whenever you got to donate cans of food, you know, is that everyone is going like, oh, I got to go donate a can. Looking in their pantry, they're like, oh, pumpkin pie mix. Something I never use. I'm going to use that. And then they're like, oh, it's almost expired too. Perfect. I can get rid of this. (laughs) And I feel like they get like 10,000 cans of nearly expired pumpkin pie mix. So what I did is I got good stuff that wasn't going to expire anytime soon. Good. You know what I mean? Because who would soup soup? 
Oh, yeah, exactly. I did pinto beans. Nice. And I did do a fruit cocktail thing, which isn't the best. But someone's going to love it. I love it. I love it. It was that classic kind of fruit cocktail. You know, right. like, I fructose. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Everything kind of tastes like a, what are they called? Maracino cherry. Or a syrup. It just tastes like syrup. Yeah, it honestly just tastes like syrup. Exactly. Um, so that was a huge, huge uh, fun thing for me, donating those two cans. And then I went in, and something that was cracking me up is, you know, they got the dance cams on the, uh, yeah, for, for any sporting event. Well, eventually the kids there, anyone at the spring game knows what I'm talking about because everyone was watching this on on the giant screen, by the way. I, this is the first time I saw the new huge, 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 giant ass uh, TV screen on not TV screen, but you know what I'm talking about. Jumbotron, huge. Jumbotron is not a big enough word for it. Megatron. like Megatron. Cowboys. It was a Megatron, absolutely. Um, it was it was freaking ginormous. Uh, Ginotron. No, that's not good. That's not good. At that's all. not a good way to say that. But on that, they were going around, you know, dance camming it up, looking for all the kids. My favorite little kid dancers are always the ones where it's just like plump little white boy with the confidence of a thousand uh, Jennifer Lopez just going all out. That's always my favorite. So eventually all the kids realize like, oh, we can go with the part in the stands where there's nobody there. And the more kids we get there dancing, the more likely we're there. And it just got to the point where there was like 30 little kids doing really bad Fortnite dances as a unit. Like it was like it taught them a lesson about unity. True. Also, the lesson learned here. Yeah, as well. Basically, the unity lesson is. With numbers, you can do anything. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, all those kids will join a union later Ooh. in their lives. I truly I hope. To. Or they'll be completely dashed. All their hopes and dreams will be crushed as soon as they hit puberty. Mm, yeah, one or the other. Uh, only the beautiful people get what they want. <laughs> <laughs> I said this on Twitter, at Quack12Podcast. Oh, boy. Um, one of the beautiful things about a spring game too, or just in general about college football is, you know, you watch a kid's general excitement for like, they see the duck and they're just freaking out, you know, and then you see a full grown man and it's that same level of unabashed excitement. Oh, absolutely. I love it. God bless it. God bless it. Everyone. Um, I will say too, one thing that I really liked, I always love when they do this. You know, like you know, the stars were out. They had all the uh, uh, really cool ex players there, or you know, former former ducks. Once a duck, always a duck. But uh, we had Kenyon Barner there. Saw him signing everything. Really grinning for all those pictures. Like was saying hi to everyone. And then the actual coaches for the teams. I really liked this. Uh, we had four different coaches. You know, OC, DC, and they would let them call second and third downs. We had LaMichael James. We had Haloti Nata, legends in themselves. Uh, we also had DeAnthony Thomas. Wow. That's right. Black Mamba. And we had Eric Armstead. What? You met everybody? No, I didn't meet anyone. No one. Those are some of my favorite players right there. Are you kidding me? LaMichael James? Oh, you know. So why you know. I try and meet him? 
I can't meet him. I don't know how to meet him. I'm trying to get him on the show. You just say, hello, you are by far one of my favorite people in the entirety of the universe. I mean, goddamn, I got his jersey right here. I mean, it's right there, bro. When did you it's get right that? here? Is that a new jersey? Yeah, it's a new jersey. Oh, actually, I think you're thinking about this jersey in particular. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's a new jersey. Yeah. I got it. Both number 21 because I love I like getting the 21 jersey because you're representing some great ducks there. Also, uh, blackjack, baby. Blackjack, baby. And the drinking age. So there's that as well. <laughs> and, and people were a drinking. As always, spring game is really just a tradition of just getting wasted as if it was a real game. I mean, sun's out, fun's out, if you ask me, bro. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. It was just a great time. Hearing shout gave me the feels, if you will. You know, Hell that third yeah. quarter shout. was. I was stoked for that. Uh, I will say I'm still over Joker and the Thief for... Uh, I don't like that song being played at Austin. I, I just kind of like, what does it have to do with the school? Uh, do you know what song that is? The Midnight Toker? No. <laughs> I like that one. Uh, I'll play it here. A little bit, and we, we can talk it over so we don't get sued by Wolf Mother. Remember Wolf Mother? Oh, yeah, I know what song you're talking about. It's... Yeah, they're band. I don't, I don't get the reference, but also, whatever, it's a rock and roll song, and that's what you need in stadiums. Yeah, I was talking about this with a friend. I was trying to figure out a rock and roll song that could replace it that has something to do with Oregon because shout, you know, that's an animal house, animal house, that Oregon movie. Like there's a million reasons why shout works. Um, I don't like this song all that much because I don't like this style of corny country music coming home parentheses, Oregon, but it makes sense. Some people love it. So yeah, whatever. Cool. Makes sense. Sure. But, but Joker and the thief ain't got nothing to do with it. So I wish there was, I want to find some Oregon rock and roll song. Let me know, listeners, if there's something in particular, some Eugene Oregon-related song that we could replace Joker and the Thief with. It's got to be high energy, something big. I don't know. I Personally, on third downs, I would love if we just quacked at him. Slow quacks. Perfect. I've said that. That's all you need is a slow quack. 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 Or maybe gets faster. Because only on third downs, that would be better. So yeah, quack, quack, just like thing the bump, 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 yeah, bump, 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 quack, 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 quack. Exactly. Um, other than that, I mean, I got my notes here. Steve Steven forced to fumble. Hey, there you go. That's always good. Um, other than that, dude. I mean, I don't know. I had a great ass time. I don't know what to tell you. I'm for it. You've already told me plenty. I feel like I love it all. For a spring game? Yeah, I think I've told us plenty. You've pretty much covered it. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, well, let's uh, end this bad boy then on, on just a little discussion about what we're planning on the future for the Quack 12 sure. podcast programming. Now, mainly what we're going to be doing, we're going to be peppering in some, you know, Patreon previews of a, a bunch of different series that we have on that quack 12 patreon uh just to get your you know your beak wet a little bit your bill wet so yeah see if we can get you over there if you don't want to give us five bucks it's all right it'll be fun we'll get you we'll get you don't you worry um so we're going to be doing those but also know 
that we'll be working on our roster reviews with Hip Flip Day. That's something we've been doing every single year. We know a lot of you really like them. We always see a big uptick in listeners when those come out because they're the best. They're the best out there. Y'all know it's the most in-depth Pac-12 football reviews you can possibly get. So we're excited to work on those to talk to all of our friends, get a lot of classic Quack 12 uh, you know, guests back on the show, as well as hopefully some new friends. And uh, so we'll be doing those pretty soon. Uh, for early access for a lot of those, you can find those. You guessed it on the Patreon. If you want to help us out without giving us a goddamn cent, please go to Quack 12. Oh, sorry, go to Apple Podcast. Find us there by searching Quack 12. Give us five stars. Leave us a comment. It helps people find the show. Cost you nothing but a moment of your time. That being said, oh, hey, we're coming out still every damn week. We ain't going anywhere in the off season. Aaron, do you have a message for our loyal listeners? We're not going anywhere, but our content is going everywhere. Woo! P.S. Shout out to the movie Everything Everywhere all at once. I Woo! saw it in theaters. Fantastic movie. Have you Fan seen it yet, Aaron? Fucking Fantastic. You saw it? Fuck yeah. It was great, wasn't it? No spoilers. Oh, good. Yeah. I truly enjoyed it. Uh, I will say that I loved seeing, um, I feel bad for not remembering his name, but the dude oh. who uh, originally played Short Round in theaters. You know what I'm talking about? Goonies guy. Goonies guy. He was great. Ki Hoi Kwan. Ki Kwan, I believe he goes by. Uh, abs- he was great in it. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis was in it. Trillio. They were all great. Uh, fantastic movie. Please go see it. I'm planning on seeing the Northmen coming up pretty soon. Save yeah, the movie theaters, baby. This household is excited about that one. Nice. It's Sweden. We love it. Robert Eggers. I love it. That's how I feel. I don't even know who that is. He did The Witch and he nah. did The Lighthouse. Nah. Okay. Well, you may not like this movie then. <laughs> well, no, I'm sure. I mean, both of those movies were fine. They're not mm. my cup of tea. If there's not, Adam, it's like basketball. If there's not one joke per minute, you're not making enough jokes for me. All right, listeners, we'll see you next week. Go Ducks! Quack, quack! Quack, quack!